Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. A month of NFL games in the books. We keep feeding you football. Joe Burrow, best Burrow interview yet. He became tight with rap legend Kid Cudi, and I know my rap, it's obvious. He talks about Tua, concussions, that made news. Plus the Action Network's Chad Millman, Sharper Square, my best bets for week five. First, though, top takes of the week. So a story was reported yesterday, New York Post, page six, that Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch and his wife have sought divorce attorneys. Generally speaking, in celebrity marriages, you all know this, for them to work, somebody sacrifices. You know, Paul Newman, Joanna Woodward lasted forever. She sacrificed her career. Tom Hanks, Rita Hanks, she's probably sacrificed some of her career. Um, The fact that Giselle was a top two to three supermodel, Brady a top two or three quarterback when they met, and it lasted 13 years before they sought divorce attorneys is kind of surprising because there weren't issues earlier. You know, Giselle's done a lot of the sacrificing, but what makes this really unique is, you know, the old rule in sports is keep doing it until you do it poorly. And I'm watching Brady perform against Kansas City, and Kansas City's run defense is really good. So Brady had to throw it like 50 times. I swear to God, his accuracy And his velocity is as good or better than it was 10 years ago. I mean, if you ask a supermodel who was still getting covers and endorsements, hang her up. Why? If Steph Curry, great relationship, happily married, was averaging 29 a game, and his wife said, stop playing basketball, he'd be like, why? We've never seen anything like this. Older players look old. Big Ben looked old. Favre played old. I saw Michael Jordan as a member of the Wizards. He could score 25, but he wasn't as vertical. Um, Kobe couldn't really defend at the end. 
Shaq fell apart physically. Every player in my life, even LeBron now, struggles to stay healthy, can play in spurts, but you're not getting 38 minutes. Tom Brady, I mean, if I said to you right now, 90 seconds left, Super Bowl. What quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes, that would be my number one, would you take over Brady? I'd go Mahomes one, Josh Allen, Brady tied for two. Seriously. So, you know, my wife in the Brady-Giselle marriage, my wife Anzo was like, well, she sacrificed for him for 15 years. It's his turn. And my takeaway is, yes, you're right. But to ask a supermodel or a star quarterback when they're still getting magazine covers, hey, could you hang it up? <laughs> I think it's really, really hard. I also think what makes it tougher, Tom is generally realistic about his career. Look at the NFC right now. He looks around the NFC and says the best team may be led by Jimmy Garoppolo or led by Jalen Hurts. <laughs> He's thinking, that's who I'm going to end up against in the NFC Championship? It's one thing if it's Allen, Lamar, Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes. He's looking around thinking, Jalen Hurts is a kid. He'd never been in a game like that. Garoppolo was my backup. So, like, I get it. The NFC right now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. You think Tom Brady fears that team? They almost took him to overtime. He didn't have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Julio Jones. So, I think Brady's looking around going, honey, I'm still getting magazine covers. I still want to play. I'm still great. I think it's harder than we imagine. Just because you've done something a long time. Listen, I, I, I'm in my 50s. And I, I kind of think like I just made the turn. This is my 10th hole, right? Maybe my 11th. But in like 10 years, if I'm like mid-60s, and I still feel like I feel, and I'm still beloved by America, I'm going to be like, well, what do you want me to do? I don't whittle. I get bored with backgammon. Well, what do you want me to do? I mean, Brady's kids aren't four. They're getting close to having their license. They've got they got social lives. So I know it, you can position it as Tom should sacrifice more and Tom is selfish. It'd make it a lot easier if he was as, as good as Andy Dalton right now. It would make it much easier. <laughs> but he's literally outside of Mahomes. I'm not sure there's a quarterback in the league I would want with a ball a minute 30 in a Super Bowl more than Tom. Maybe Josh Allen, but Josh Allen hasn't won a lot of those big games. He's just been in them. So I, th I think it's hard. Like Steph Curry, I'm great. I'm dominating games. I'm winning finals MVP. He has a great relationship. That's not the time you bow out, right? You bow out. After your fourth knee surgery. In the NBA, once you have to wear two knee braces, it's time. Like Brady hasn't gone to a first knee brace yet. So I do a weekly interview now with Sean Payton and pick his brain. And it's really as much fun as I have during the week. I do it on um, FS1 and on my syndicated radio show for about 25 minutes. He's such a smart guy. And... The NFL um, is very much, and this has changed in my life. There is one way to win now. 
You have to have an elite quarterback, period. Um, you probably have to have, in most cases, an offensive coach. Belichick now struggling, right? So you can win with a defensive coach if you have a Josh Allen. I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but the defensive coaches, as we've talked ad nauseum, are struggling over the last several years as the league has pivoted to an offensive league. There used to be an understanding that an NFL job, the pension was better, the pay was better, was always better than a college job. But, you know, I look around and as the league has become so quarterback centric, I think Sean Payton retired because he knew even he couldn't win with like Jameis Winston. He couldn't win. It's, it's to me the downside of the NFL. Like if you're Lincoln Riley right now or Nick Saban, what's appealing about the NFL? Tell me the job that is open right now in the National Football League that Saban or Lincoln Riley could go in and feel they have a top seven or eight quarterback. Okay. Niners have a great roster. They're not getting rid of Shanahan. McVay has one of those quarterbacks. Rams aren't getting rid of him. Andy Reid's not retiring. Either is John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott safe in Buffalo. The only job in the NFL that is really interesting to me that could be open if Brandon Staley doesn't get Justin Herbert to the playoffs for the second straight year, that job may be open. But you don't control your personnel. You do in college. 17 games now. I mean, the Giants and the Patriots are already on third string quarterbacks. So there's this convergence of weird things. Quarterbacks matter more than ever in the NFL, but offensive line play protecting those quarterbacks is now worse because starters don't play in the preseason, meaning more soft tissue injuries to O linemen in the first month and a half, meaning quarterbacks get hit more, quarterbacks get hurt more. I mean, the Patriots and Giants on third string quarterbacks. It's early October. So, you know, it, it, I look around and I think, what job is better? in the world for Lincoln Riley outside of USC, the Chargers. Now, you'd be the second biggest team in your own stadium, but you'd have Justin Herbert and the ability to play at the highest level. But the great quarterbacks mostly right now have the right coaches. As the league becomes more quarterback-centric, if you don't have one, you have really, it's a three-year job. If by year three, you're not getting to the playoffs, you're out. I mean, good God, three games in, Josh McDaniel had a private meeting with the Rainers owner, Mark Davis. I, I think there's arguments. It's almost a 50-50 split to me. If you told me the 10 best football jobs in America, okay, Kansas City's number one, Buffalo may be number two, right? Right now, because you have great young star quarterbacks. And then uh, Nick Saban may be three. <laughs> you, Lincoln Riley, if he gets it right. Ryan Day, you control your personnel. You're going to win minimum 10 games. You're the most popular person in the state. You don't have a billionaire. You get 25 first round picks every year. Like there's the best jobs in the world for football coaching are in the NFL. And there's four of them. But there's a reason Sean Payton stepped down. Even Sean Payton, 
a top 10 offensive coach, in my opinion, all time. Can't win in this league if you don't have an A-lister taking snaps. You can in college. You know, you get power. You get the money, which is closer than ever. I mean, Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban make more than 60 to 70% of NFL coaches. It just, it feels different to me today. Top 10 jobs, it's probably a 50-50 split. Saban and Lincoln Riley, to me, those are top 10 jobs in the world right now. Let's bring in Joe Burrow. Football season's underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today, get started, $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Promo code, though, is Colin to get in on the action. Always Colin. Turn game day into payday. Win totals, division winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. Play your way, bet on more than just the final score. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. My fave. Now, FanDuel is also live in Kansas, baby. Don't fumble your chance. 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right. This is recorded Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Feeling good. Thursday win. Get a couple extra days off. 
See, you got a little nervous. You're like, I go on with Coward only after losses. Shit, now, if you don't go back on with me, the season's doomed. So <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do with an extra day off? What do you do in Cincinnati with like 72 hours to burn? Oh, I sit on my couch for about 40 hours, watch a lot of football, eat a lot of good food, get my mind off of it for a little bit, and then right back at it. So let's start with this. So you you have style. I don't. Um, you came into the game with the Dolphins with an outfit that if I wore it, <laughs> wife wouldn't let me out of the house. I mean, seriously, you wore it and it looks cool. So take me to where you got it, the decision, and the moment you're like, here's my credit card. I'm buying it. I don't know. I was uh, I was in California. That's usually where I go to do shopping for the season outfits. Um, I don't know. I like flowers. I like nature. I saw it. I thought it was cool. I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> there's not too much thought that goes into it. If I see something I like, I get it, and I plan on wearing it at some point. Okay, here's here's a moment into my life. So my mom was British. She loved the garden. The only time my mom ever got mad at a school teacher. So it was like third grade. I remember this. And our teacher, Lois Lane, told us to draw what you did this summer. So I'm a little boy. This is back in the 70s. And my mom was in the garden all summer. So I'd hang out in the garden, make forts, you know, through the garden. So I drew flowers. And my teacher said in front of the other kids, boys don't draw flowers. It is the only time my mom was pissed and called to school. So the fact that you like flowers and you're secure with it, it warms my heart. Where does it come from? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, doesn't I think everybody does deep down if they don't want to admit it. Uh, I don't know where it started that you can only give girls flowers. If I got flowers, I would be pumped. Like if somebody came to me after a game, like, hey, great game. Here's a rose. That'd be, I'd be excited about that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Don't expect one from Vaughn Miller, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't get one yeah. from Vaughn. Um, so let's be serious for a second on the on the two injury. Listen, there's levels of courage in America. Uh, there's a fireman or a cop. That's a level of courage that I think I don't personally running into a burning building. I don't even know how to quantify that. Then there's the courage to be a UFC fighter. Be a professional football player. So when I'm watching Tua, I'm thinking, oh, brother, um, you're sitting there for 15 minutes watching it. Joe, what's going through your mind? I mean, it's scary whenever, I mean, everybody knows the profession that we do is a dangerous game. That's always a possibility. But then when it happens, you, know, you kind of just collectively hold your breath in one, hope that he's okay Two, that they can get him to the hospital safe because whenever something like that happens, you know he's going to the hospital. Um, and three, he can come back eventually and have uh, a normal life and a career, which sounds like fortunately he's going to be able to. Uh, and then the game starts and you got a new quarterback out there. And one, I thought Teddy did a really, really good job when he was in there. I mean, I told him after the game, unbelievably tough spot to be thrown into. Uh, new team, new offense. The starter goes down with a really, really tough injury. You get thrown in on Thursday night football, and I thought he played really well. Yeah. Joe, have you ever had your bell rung? Do you think you've ever been concussed? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You have? 
yeah, I think everybody has to plays this game. Take me to the moment. What is it like? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. Just you get you start to ring a little bit. Um, I have never had any like lasting effects from a concussion. Like I've I've been hit and forgot the rest of the game before. That's happened a couple of times, but I've never had one where I have headaches for like a week and I I have symptoms of concussion after the game. Um, like I said, I've had some where you know I don't remember the second half or I don't remember the entire game or um, I know that I got a little dizzy at one point, but nothing nothing last long lasting. So I mean that's pretty remarkable, Joe, for somebody with your mind that whether it was high school or college, that you don't remember a second half. Like when you look back at that, is that create anxiety for you? Or do you like believe it's going to happen if you're a quarterback two or three times in your career? I think that's, I mean, you can, you can make all the rules you want to make the game as safe as you possibly can, but there's an inherent risk and danger with the game of football. You're going to have, you have 300 pound men running 20 miles an hour, trying to take your head off while you're standing still trying to ignore it and find receivers that are open. And then sometimes you got to go run and try to get a first down. And You're running 20 miles an hour and somebody else is running 22 miles an hour and you got to try to get the first down. That's part of the game. I think part of what we signed up for, you know, you're going to have head injuries. You're going to tear your ACL. You're going to break your arm. That's the game that we play. That's the life that we live and we get paid handsomely for it. And so I'm, I think going into every game and, you know, we, we know what we're getting ourselves into. So I said to you, late was last week, I watched the second half against Dallas and I felt, despite losing the game, I felt they got it right. They're fine. Um, and I really felt it. I really felt this week I had said on the air, I, this was my favorite quote bet of the year. I'm like, Miami's going to run out of gas end of the third quarter. Those DBs are going to get tired. They played 90 plays, but Seven sacks, six sacks, two sacks, one sack. So obviously in your last like 10 quarters, eight quarters, the protection has improved. So explain this to the audience. Some of that is you working. I mean, the offensive linemen are the same. So explain to me in our audience how the protections better. Is it the choreography? Is it the offensive line gets your tempo? Why is it better? Because it's the same guys. Well, first of all, we got guys up front that are majority veterans in the league who were finding their footing on a new team and a new offense and work really hard every day to get better. Two, I've done a better job of reading defenses, finding my outlet fast. And when you get the ball out quickly, it's going to make the rush not as intense because, you know, they're, they're get, you're getting the ball out fast. They're not getting to the quarterback. Then they get frustrated. Maybe they're trying to tip some balls now at the line of scrimmage instead of you know rushing the passer. And so I'm doing a better job. And then we're also doing a better job overall getting to plays where I have more outlets faster that I can get to. And then we're taking our downfield opportunities when they're there. So they are playing much better. So am I. We're just cohesively as a unit performing much better than we were in the first two games. I hear this narrative. Take away the deep ball on Burrow and Mahomes, and it took it took Patrick, I think it took eight, seven, eight games for Patrick to go, okay, I got to be patient. 
So now people have said, okay, Burrow's a great deep ball thrower, which by the way, there's not many in the league. To be honest, there's six to eight. You're one of them. So, you know, you've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and people are now saying, no, you're going to have to be patient. We're not giving you that. Is that a struggle for you? Do you identify it very quickly in your progressions? Can you see before the ball snap? Take me to that. Yeah, you can You can tell at the beginning of the game what kind of game it's going to be. Uh, and, you know, the, the Dolphins came out early on Thursday and played us in a lot of soft zone. We were taking eight yards here, 13 yards there, four yards here. And I think they got kind of frustrated with that. And at the end of the game, they played majority man-to-man coverage. Uh, they were also down at the end of the game, which is in our favor, makes the defense become more aggressive. And that was the problem in the first two games. We were ne- we never had a lead. Defenses could just play that soft zone and right. keep everything in front and let the time take away. You know, when you jump out on people and you're performing well early in the games, teams are going to have to be more aggressive. And that's when we take our opportunities. So you played the Ravens this week. Um did you watch any of the Rams Niners game on Monday? I did. It's so obvious they're division rivals. It's so pissy. <laughs> it's so chippy. I mean, you're facing these guys. This is like the eighth time yeah. you face the same rush end. So with Baltimore, um, it's an intense organization. So, you know, you talked about this two weeks ago. You're like, it's just different. It's just, it feels different. They have some new faces on the back end, though. I mean, take me to preparation for a division rival. Does Zach Taylor talk about it? You know the weaknesses. Is it a completely different feel in the week? Yes, and yeah, it is. Because you you know what they've done game to game throughout your career. And you know that they're always going to have a new wrinkle to what they're doing. So you go back and watch your games from the past and you think, you know, how might... If I was a defense, how would I try to stop this team? And then you look at their defense, what they've been doing, and how they could do it within that scheme. Um, it's always tough because there's good coaches across all the league, and you know you're going to get something different when you're playing in the division because you play them so much. They understand you. You understand them. And, you know, let's be honest. Last year at the end of the year, they didn't have all their horses. No. They have all their corners back. They got new safeties. Their, their pass rush is playing well. They got their linebackers back. Um, and so we know it's going to be a dogfight. They're going to be prepared. They got a great secondary. I know our guys are going to be up for the task, but we know it's going to be a challenge. Do you think, you tell me, what feels more intense, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, or like Bengals, Ravens? Is there a different feel or are they the same? The NFL has always had a different feel than college. College was, I felt like, played more on emotion, and the NFL has played more on, you know, being technical and understanding your assignment. Um, so I, I would say college always had a different feel. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. People are now trying to take away Jamar Chase a lot. And I remember Des Bryant and Dak. Des got really frustrated. Now, I think Jamar is faster than Des Bryant. So he has the ability to get open deep more often. But they're both big play guys. And there were times that Des really lashed out at Dak on the sidelines. So you and Jamar are pretty tight, but you're, you're sensing now, I'm sensing bracket coverage, people shading stuff over to Jamar, which is ultimately yeah. a compliment. But how do you alleviate him? It's just natural. He wants the ball. When he touches it, it's magic. 
people don't want him to have the ball. Like, do you have to kind of sometimes massage that relationship? Because you get to touch the ball every down. I mean, people are trying to literally just take the throws away to him. Yeah, it's uh, as a quarterback, part of your job is managing the personalities in the locker room. And fortunately for me, the personalities in the receiver room are the best that I've been around. There's no ego from any of them. And obviously, they all want their touches and they all want to score touchdowns. But they're all just as happy to see each other succeed as they would be themselves. And, you know, Jamar is a great person, hard worker that, you know, if I don't get him the ball for a quarter, he's not going to come and cuss me out on the sideline. We have a relationship that, you know, we can just say one or two things to each other that, you know, a lot doesn't need to be said. We just give each other a look and we understand it. And so, you know, we've been around each other long enough that that's the case and we have trust in each other that I know he's going to get open and be where he's supposed to. And he has trust in me that I'm going to read the coverage correctly and get the ball to where it's supposed to go. And so, you know, he, he got him I and he's being doubled every, every play almost. And yeah, he hasn't been, we've been able to, to, to get the ball to him. Um, we probably need to do a, a better job of that just because of how explosive he is with the ball in his hands, get creative, find ways to, to move around and get in the ball. But he's not the kind of guy that's gonna, you know, go off on somebody on the sideline. He's gonna, tell you what he needs and and make it clear, but he's not going to make a big show of it. You know, when I grew up, Joe, there were no back shoulder throws. That didn't exist. And then at some point, I don't know who the first to do it. Some say it was Marino. Some say it was Aaron Rodgers 15 years ago that you throw a ball to a guy that's covered. So you're really young. In high school, did you have back shoulder throws? Was it? A, okay, so that's what I thought. So at the end of your, so I would say, do you remember the first back shoulder throw in a game live? Who it was against? Who it was to? Uh, no, I don't remember the first one, but I can. I mean, in high school, I just couldn't make that throw. That's a really tough throw <laughs> to make. Um, it's you know the the back shoulder throw that that I'm thinking of isn't the one forty yards down the field that. You just give your guy a chance and he does a great job of uh, giving late hands and adjusting to the football. I'm talking the one that's like 15 yards down the field that is really a timing ball placement throw. And that's something that you have to work over and over and over and over because there's a certain time where the receiver has to get his eyes around and he has to read where the defender is on his hip. Is he high hip? Is he low hip? Is he even with me? Where can I expect this ball? And, you know, I was really, me and T actually worked on, haven't worked on this a ton. And, and before the Jets game, we missed a couple in, in the Dallas game. And so the week after, we're like, hey, we got to get these, these back shoulder throws down. And so we worked them all week. And then they showed up on Sunday. We hit two of them. And that was awesome to see when you put in the work like that to have it show up on the field because you work so hard. And so we were excited about that. And I think that just shows how, how much work it, that that throw really does take. I had this discussion the other day with my wife that I, th- I think the single biggest crisis in America is mental health for 14 to 24-year-old kids. I have a 16-year-old son, a 22-year-old daughter. I better get that right. 21, <laughs> 22. You guys just edit whatever. I'll figure out after. Um, you just started your foundation today. 
a big component to it is mental illness. I really saw it during the pandemic uh, where my son's not overly social. My daughter is. So he flourished in that time. My daughter didn't. So you you could have done this foundation for a lot of things that you went right after the mental health part of this. Explain your foundation. Yeah, it's something that we've been thinking about for a while. Um, ever since my high school speech that raised so much money for my area and food insecurity, you know, there was so much money going to that, that they were able to spread that around to the surrounding counties and the surrounding area. And so I felt obligated to start something of my own and have a, a focus on food insecurity and mental health that I think could help a lot of people. And we're not just going to be focusing on that. Um, we're going to be serving a lot of underprivileged families and communities around the country, Ohio, Southeast Ohio, Cincinnati, Louisiana, all these places that I think we can do a lot of good. You can go donate at uh, joeborough.org. Uh, I think I'm really passionate about about this. I've seen all the good that has come from foundations like mine. Um, and I think not just my area, but across the country, it's going to be a great thing. So as uncool as I may appear, I know who Kid Cuddy is. And you're now, he, I don't know your relationship, but he has, uh, has lyrics. He has a new song and you're in it. Yeah. All right. So, um, I imagine you're fairly tight. So first explain the relationship. Well, he was, so he was growing up. He was the music that I listened to, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, when you're finally starting to figure out your own taste, you're not just listening to the same music that your parents were. <laughs> and you know, that's what you do growing up. So I listened to, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash because my dad liked them and all that stuff. And then, you know, you start to mature and, I started to like Kid Cudi and that's the music that I grew up on and found myself personally listening to all the time. Um, and then he reached out before I got drafted to Cincinnati and we've kind of kept this relationship going. We're friends now. Um, he told me he was going to make this song. You know, we hung out together after the Super Bowl. He kind of cheered me up after that. And so we have this relationship that is, has continued for a couple of years and it's exciting for me. He's been a good friend. He's helped me a lot. And um, I'm lucky to have a guy like that. I mean, you're both performers. I'm not an envious person, but I will admit I have gone to concerts and thought, damn, that is cool. That is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, right? Like you've, you've gone to a concert and thought just to own the crowd, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It would be uh, an exhausting lifestyle, all the travel that you have to do. I mean, they're on tour for six months at a time, just sit, sitting in a bus, eating fast food. But uh, it would definitely be exciting. Okay, I'm going to play a little game here. It's called Finish the Kid Cuddy Lyric Game, all right? Okay. Okay, Joe, I'm not cool. I'll do the best I can. You finish <laughs> the lyric. We see the hype outside, yeah, right from the house. Uh, took it straight from outside, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's a lot tougher to figure out what song it is when you're singing it than when he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me let me try one more. Tell me what you know about dreaming, dreaming. You don't really know about nothing, nothing. Boom. All right. There you go. Okay. 
That's one one for two. Okay, hold on. Hey, Mr. Rager, Mr. Rager, tell me where you're going. Tell us where you're headed. First of all, it's Mr. Rager. Mr. Rager is the song. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. So embarrassing. <laughs> nice try, though. Nice try. I don't think I'm helping the game much. I got to be I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did anything for you. <laughs> um, so I want to I want to go to something like Trent Dilfer told me this years ago that he said, Colin, by week three, everybody's sore. Like you just have, it's just the way it is. And at the end of Trent's career, he, they had a bad old line and I think it was Cleveland. And he said, one day, Monday morning, I crawled to the bathroom. So we are in week four. You still have a pretty young body, but you told me you bruised like a peach. So let's say after Miami, you get hit a couple of times. We're moving into October. How do you feel today? I feel great. Uh, you know, that long weekend is, is big to get your body recovered. Those Thursday night games are tough. You know, that's, you really only have, if you have an away game on Sunday, you have the travel back. Monday, you work out. Tuesday, try to, you have your only practice of the week, trying to get your body back. And then Wednesday is the day before the game. Thursday's game day. You don't have a lot of time to recover. And so those games are tough, but the weekend after, you know, you're able to kind of relax, get your mind away from it, get all the, the body work done that you need to, to feel good. So I'm feeling really good right now um, for this next stretch before the bye week that, that we got to get some wins and, and feel good about it. Joe, d- d- the seasons are so long. In college football, let's say LSU or Ohio State. Let's take LSU. You can grab that pocket schedule and you can circle three games. You're like, you know, Georgia, LSU, whatever it is, A&M, whatever. In the NFL, dude, the margins are like that. Yeah. If you don't have it buttoned up, you can go to Houston and, I mean, just get whacked. Yeah. I remember last year, the Chargers went, I think it was to Houston, and just got rolled. And I was just, I remember talking to somebody inside the organization. They're like, we just didn't come to play. We just weren't prepared. So, do you like, do you, do you put the season in quarters, like, how do you emote? I mean, otherwise, you can't be intense for 18 weeks. Like, you have to take a deep breath. How do you psychologically compartmentalize the season? Really, I know it sounds cliche, but I just think about it week to week. You know, let's get through this. The, the beginning of the week is always pretty daunting. You know, you're getting all this new information about this new team, new game plan. And then by the end of the week, you're feeling really good going into game day. Uh, I really just keep it week to week. You know, if you look at the the entirety of the season, you're going to think it's such a tall mountain to climb that you're never going to climb it. And then by the time you're at the end, as long as you're winning, you're like, where did the time go? You know, it was such a fast season. But at the beginning, you know, it's a lot. And I think what was big for me coming into the league was learning how to lose. Because when you're in college, you know, you go to a place like Ohio State, you go to a place like LSU, you're winning just about every game you play in. And if you lose, you know, the the sky's falling, the world is ending, you have no chance to win the win it all. In the NFL, you lose a game, it matters, but there's still 16 more. You can still win your division. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And so, you know, my first year, the beginning of last year, every time we lost a game, it was like ripping my heart out and it was tough for me to get over it. And part of the NFL is losing. You're going to lose to really good teams that have really good players that 
you know, like you said, the margins are so thin, you make one mistake, you can lose the game. Uh, so learning how to lose for me was big, just treating it more professionally, looking at it through a lens of not emotion, but technicality. Hey, I could have done this, 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 this better. If I do that, we win the game. Okay, move on, on to the next one. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chad Millman, Action Network CCO, all odds presented by FanDuel. It's sharp or square. I didn't like the lines initially this week, but I'm warming to them. Let me throw you out one that just feels right. 
Tomlin is one of the great underdog coaches in the league. Pittsburgh plus 14 against Buffalo feels like the obvious one. 14's an absurd number. Buffalo jumps to a lead, hides the playbook, pulls some starters. They're already missing five due to injury. Steelers plus 14, sharper square. Totally sharp. That's you look you look at a 14-point favorite in the NFL, and it's like a 42-point favorite in college football. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's just what it is. And you're talking about Mike Tomlin being in a Mike Tomlin rah-rah spot. That's the favorite spot. And that doesn't matter if he's got Ben Roethlisberger or Duck Hodges or now Kenny Pickett, who at least showed some mobility. He showed some ability to throw the ball downfield. He showed some athleticism. This is a team that I think has more opportunities with Kenny Pickett to move the ball than they had with Mitch Trubisky. So, and it's always hard to play a quarterback for the first time. You don't have any film on him yet. Um, the the wise guys are going to be on the Steelers at plus 14. Okay, here's a game. Sometimes a line is so weird. I think Vegas knows something or FanDuel's knows something that I don't. Saints minus six hosting the Seahawks who have looked good. I don't get it at all. I think the line should be three and a half. I would lean Saints, sharper square. Well, it's you would lean Saints if you think the line should be three and a half. Well, there's something here I am missing. Now, I know the Saints defense is really good. They're at home. Gino has done it a little bit. They have rookie tackles. Um, a little bit smoke and mirrors, playing better at home, on the road, Saints, awful loss. It, it seems to me the Saints, that line seems way too big. So Vegas knows something I don't. I would lean Saints. All right. So this is a very interesting game. And it's come up a lot in in plenty of wise guy conversations because there's no planet in which the Saints are worthy of being six-point exactly over anybody right now. So I saw this on Sunday night. It was one of the first bets I made of the Seahawks plus five and a half. And this is where it gets really interesting in betting. Betters like to bet the number. And then they like to sprinkle in and complement the number with situations and personnel. The Seahawks had just beaten up on the Lions on the road. Geno Smith has looked amazing, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And offensively, the Seahawks are second in DVOA, which I don't have to break it down, but essentially it means according to all the advanced metrics that every geek likes to play with, the Seahawks are the second best offense in the NFL right now. The Saints, we don't know who's going to be quarterback. Alvin Kamara looks like he's not Alvin Kamara anymore. Michael Thomas, we don't know if he's going to be playing. Everybody was questionable this week on the injury list. The defense has not been getting the quarterback the way they have. It feels like the books have not adjusted on this game yet from what they thought in the beginning of the season, which was the Saints could be contenders in the NFC South and the Seahawks are supposed to be one of the two or three worst teams. I think there's still value in the Seahawks here. The wise guys have been betting the Seahawks in this game. The line just feels fishy to me. It feels very fishy. Hate big favorites. Don't think I'm getting the best of the number. But the Buccaneers are getting healthy. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league and are competitive. Um, Atlanta is really bad against good teams. 
little bit fool's gold. They can play average and below average teams close. Buccaneers in my blowout of the week, minus 9, 10. I think I'd take them sharper square. So this is the game, Colin. Uh, As you know, on the podcast that I co-host with my friend Simon Hunter, because I don't want you trying to drive a wedge between us, (laughs) uh, we'll do the segment Sharp Calls where professional bettors will call us about games that we talked about in part one of the podcast early in the week so they can give us their input when we talk about it in part two of the podcast later in the week. We loved Atlanta early in the week. Atlanta, one of the three bets I made on Sunday, along with the Seahawks in one other game, which we may talk about. At eight and a half, I loved it. I'm shocked the line has moved to 10. Even more shocked because this is a pro Joe's game. The bets are coming in on the Buccaneers. When you see bets on one side, that's usually the public. The money is on the Falcons. That's usually professional money. The line usually moves in the direction of the professional money. Simon got a lot of calls this week about how much people love the Bucs. And betting is a little bit like investing. You want to ride the wave and then you want to sell at the peak. And with the Falcons specifically, professional bettors have been on the Falcons every single week. They are 4-0 against the spread. Professional bettors have loved them every single week. I think what they saw with the Bucs last week was Tom Brady playing really well in a high-scoring game when he's got a full complement of his receivers available. And I think they're thinking we're we're selling high on the Falcons and getting in on the Bucs. Um, so there's a little bit of a split in what the conversation is. I can't fault you for taking the Bucs. I'll be on the Falcons. All right. Here's a game where I like the Rams initially. Then I got news. The Lions moved to Cowboys plus five and a half. And news, the Rams are missing another starting offensive lineman. They're now down to a right tackle off last year's Super Bowl team. Uh, Until Allen Robinson becomes something, they have a one-man wide receiving crew beat up on the offensive line. Um, I think they'll tread water, but at five and a half with that injury, I would take Dallas and the point sharper square. So that's square. And this line is moving really because the wise guys like the Rams a lot. They liked them at four and a half. They liked him at five. They'll like him at five and a half. When you're betting, and this is technical, five to five and a half, it's a dead number. Games don't really land on those numbers. So if you're getting four and a half, you might as well bet the five. You might as well bet the five and a half. If it gets to six, then you want to reevaluate. But there's no real delta between four and a half and five and a half. I bet this game at four and a half. The offensive line was in shambles, whether or not they were down one more player. Matthew Stafford has been getting pressured. This has been a challenging offensive year for the Rams, but they're betting against Cooper uh, Cooper Rush here, okay? And what you're seeing is Cooper Rush starting off hot, not throwing interceptions. If you look beyond the final score in these games, look at who the Cowboys have played. They've played teams in disarray. They've played not very good teams. And Cooper Rush, while he doesn't have any interceptions, he's had three interceptions called back because of defensive penalties and two interceptions dropped. So this is not a team that is flawless in any way. And people, I think, are getting hypnotized by what he's done and by Micah Parsons and what he can do as a pass rusher against the Rams offensive line. But I don't think this Cowboys team is good enough to stay with the Rams. For the record, Kyle Allen won a bunch of games years ago as a backup. And then after about four games, everybody got tape. And then Kyle Allen's back to being a backup. 
Cooper Rush. That, by the way, yeah. is the exact comp. I've heard, I've heard so many people talking about that this week, that Kyle Allen is a perfect analog for this scenario. Okay, uh, I took... I took the Texans based on your recommendation last week and took it in the shorts. Uh, I ask you every week for a bet you like, fire away, sharper square. The Texans last week was tough because they could have covered that game, right? And I'm glad you're, you bring that up because the Texans played the Chargers. This week, the Chargers are on the road again. The Chargers are three-point favorites at Cleveland. I'm not buying it. This is a, this is, we talked about stock market terminology before. This is a buy low, sell high situation. The Browns coming off a loss to the Falcons, the Chargers coming off a road win against the Texans. The Browns have the best running back in football. The Texans are missing their best defensive player along the front seven in Joey Bosa. I mean, the, not the Texans, the Chargers. They're still missing their best offensive lineman and will miss him for the rest of the year and Rashawn Slater. So you've got a better defensive front in the Browns. You've got a better rushing game in the Browns. You're playing the Browns outdoors, not indoors, outdoors, a really well-coached team. I love the Browns in this spot. I think the Browns are going to win this game. I actually feel like, Colin, I'm going to say it here now, it's October. Browns win this game. There's going to come a point in time later in the year when Deshaun Watson comes back in December. The Browns are going to be hanging around and then all of a sudden they're going to get Deshaun Watson. We're going to see how well-rounded they are and we're going to wish we had bought Cleveland Browns AFC futures in October. And finally, um, don't have a strong feeling on it, though I did tell you starting in the second half against Dallas, I thought Cincinnati got right. I think Miami is a very good team. Beating them is impressive. Uh, half with two, a half with Teddy Bridgewater. The Ravens are struggling to score in the second half. Concerning. Um, just where do you land on this? Again, all of our odds provided by FanDuel. Yep. I don't know what the latest number is, but I just kind of your interpretation of a big division rivalry game where you know they're going to put their best corner on jamar chase do they take him out the Bengals aren't running it very effectively where do you land on that one so i am on the ravens at minus three uh in this game right now i'm checking it on FanDuel as we speak um had been moving around a little bit so it's three and a half so the money has been coming in on the ravens I'm not surprised. Uh, I think it will continue to come in. I think the Ravens, you say they've struggled to score in the second half. I think they're a couple of plays away from being 4-0 and having beaten two really good teams in Miami and in Buffalo. And I think the, the Bengals, while I was on them last week and I do feel like they started to get right, um, I think this is a really tough spot for them. And so I'm on, I'm on the Ravens here. The wise guys have been on the Ravens. It's one of the reasons why this number is flashing to three and a half. Chad Millman, Action Network, as always. It's great seeing you again. Say hi to Simon Hunter. I do feel bad about the fissures in your relationship, but you can amend that hopefully over the course of the season. Listen, we have one more thing to bring up. I listened to your radio show uh, and today I'm listening to it, driving my kid home from school. What phrase did you bring up today? 
uh, that's a corner TV game. Corner TV game. Yeah. It, we have a fissure right now. Do you know why? <laughs> you know why? You couldn't say, by the way, how much hypocrisy is happening right now? Last week, you're on me because I say, we're talking about the podcast and you're like, well, you didn't mention Simon Hunter, who's like my best friend. And today, I'm listening to my friend Colin Coward's radio show. He's talking about corner TVs. Did he once say corner TV that my friend Chad Millman gives me all the time when he talks on his podcast? favorites like not once you mentioned it like four times with jason mcintyre well, you know what uh, there were time restraints i had to get out commercials otherwise i would have jammed it right in there oh my <laughs> <laughs> yeah a guy who's been doing radio for 30 years and has the clock in his head knows exactly how much time he has couldn't fit in my friend chad moment good to see anybody all right man i'll talk to you later volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.